Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan, however you'd like to call me. It is episode number 49 of Timberwolves Explosion. One more to go. The next one is the big five hole of Timberwolves Explosion. That is going to be pretty cool stuff. Today is Tuesday, February the 9th, 2010. Welcome back to the show. I appreciate each and every one of you for downloading and listening to Timberwolves Explosion, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, and also on timberwolvespress.com. I also posted on there, talking Timberwolves basketball since 2007 is the slogan on that website. It is fantastic. Do check it out. You get the idea. I appreciate all of you again for listening. As mentioned, well, today we only have two games to review. And the great part is they were both victories. How about that? The Wolves 2-0, undefeated, undefeated. Yeah, and they're on a four-game winning streak too, by the way. Yeah, it continues. The fascination continues. And uh, you you got to love it. It's been fun. It really has been. Welcome back to the winning ways of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the fun part is this time it's not in January, as January has always been the positive month for the Wolves. But yeah, as mentioned, only two games to review. So we're going to get into the draft a little bit. A little bit of early draft talk. Not going to be the most in-depth draft uh, analysis in history because it's a little early for that. But yeah, that's the idea. A little early. Kind of kind of, get, kind of digging our feet in for the very first time. Just a little bit of groundbreaking, you could say. And also, of course, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, what David Kahn had to say on the Paul Allen Show and a little bit in the Star Tribune. The Paul Allen Show talking about the potential trades or lack thereof as the trade deadline approaches on February 18th. It's coming pretty soon. And also in the Star Tribune, a little bit of talk about the whole point guard situation and, uh, you know, a little bit of draft. So we'll get to the game reviews right now. Now the first one, of course, a victory. Yes, a victory because they both were in Dallas. In Dallas, yeah. Yeah, in Dallas, the number two or number three team in the Western Conference. Yeah, those guys. The Dallas Mavericks, number three team officially right now. The Timberwolves win their 12th game of the year. And then, of course, are at this point, at this point, only one game away from avoiding the 70 loss plateau. So the Wolves will not be losing 70 games this year. You kind of figured it, well, they weren't, they weren't that bad. New Jersey Nets, on the other hand, well, yeah, that could get real interesting. It really could. Real quick, though, speaking of New Jersey Nets and, of course, Rusty, and the crossover, available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes, a great show on the sportsstuff.com. Gotta mention this real quick. The message boards on the sportsstuff.com. This is a major, major announcement for those of you out there that may have uh, messages. Uh, excuse me, may have usernames, blah, 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 right? <laughs> usernames on the sportsstuff.com. For whatever reason, the server went down, and I mean down, down, for the sportsstuff.com boards. And we had to start from scratch. Now, it's a nice new look. That's the good part. The bad news is, is of course, yeah, they're back up again. The good news is they're back up and it's a new, nice new look. Actually, looks kind of cool. The bad news is every single screen name has been wiped out. That means, for those of you out there that uh, had a username on there, including Aussie Wolf, if you're listening, you need to re-register. Yeah, and I now have a new name. I was kind of thinking I, I better do it because Paladino Live is no more. Yeah, I do. Paladino Live Productions is every single show. 
but it's now Paladino Joey. So those of you out there looking for me, Paladino Joey, though, I mean, that's about as simple as it gets. It's not Paladino Live anymore. It's Paladino Joey on the sportsstuff.com message boards. All right, so I figure I had to get that announcement out there. Kind of important for those of you out there that care about the sportsstuff.com, and I hope you do. Yeah, you're going to have to re-register, and I'm really sorry. Completely out of everybody's hands. Not Dylan's fault, not Rusty's fault. Those are the two main dudes on there. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's uh, going to have to start from scratch. But it does have a nice new look, and I guess I have a more appropriate screen name, Paladino Joey. All right, enough of that. Back to the Minnesota Timberwolves and Dallas Mavericks game. Pretty interesting stuff. And I had a lot of tweets during this game as well, at least in the second half, because it was pretty interesting. By the way, I do have a Twitter account. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. Do follow as I do tweet during games. Yes. So, get back to the game here. It was, of course, February the 5th, my mother's birthday, Dallas Mavericks. Very fun stuff. Now, I will fess up, and I missed the first half because I was with my mom on her birthday. So, we're going to get to details of the game that I know of. I mean, other than that, though, I did get to listen to it a bit until I got to come back for the second half. Whew, and what a second half it was. The The whole first half, the Wolves were clinging to a small lead, and it was very impressive. Johnny Flynn played a pretty nice game, though. Field goal percentage now, would you like all the time? 6 of 16 from the floor. And, you know, his field goal percentage is going to be an issue on occasion. Though he was 3 of 7 of 3-point range. Corey Brewer is just scorching the net from 3-point range. Though he only made 4 field goals in the game. Yeah, a couple of those were unbelievably huge. Including all 3 of his free throws. Because he was 3 for 3 from the line. At a very, very, very clutch time. They all happened on one play. Yeah, very, very good stuff. Very, very exciting. As of course, yep, the Wolves continue to build that lead in that third quarter. The Mavericks scared the crap out of us, though, in the fourth. So I'm going to get more into that now. Yeah, the Wolves were doing good. And I also, you know, i, I got to say this about the Dallas Mavericks. Because they shoot way too many three-pointers, man. And, and, and they've been doing this for, what, 10 years now, ever since they started to get better? You know, if anyone thinks the Dallas Mavericks are ever going to win a championship launching threes all day, they're sorely mistaken. I really believe that. Dallas Mavericks are never going to win an NBA championship. I'm saying that right now if their game plan sticks to just launching threes all the time because he who lives by the jump shot dies by the jump shot. That's what happened to the Timberwolves. Now, the Wolves were not a three-point shooting team in the Flip Saunders, Wally Zerbiak era, but they were a jump shooting team, and the Mavericks are just, they're obsessed with the three-point shot, and it's given them how many championships? Well, we're still waiting. Yeah, they came close against Miami, and the refs screwed Dirk Nowitzki. But you know what? The, the freight train was coming no matter what. The Miami Heat's freight train was coming, folks. You don't lose four games in a row to the Miami Heat if they're if if it's just uh, the Heat were lucky. So there's my little take on the Dallas Mavericks. And some of you out there that may like the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, and I'm sure some of you do, according to the message boards. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, yeah, the Mavericks were getting hot. And that Bierbos, my God. It's like he couldn't miss for like the longest time. Drove me nuts. Hit his first four three-pointers. And, in fact, those were his... <laughs> if I remember correctly, there was only four three-pointers. That's the funny part about it. No, he missed his fifth one. The fifth time he finally missed. Four of five, the three-point range. Jason Terry, one of the cockiest SOBs ever, especially when the Wolves play him. <laughs> I tend to notice it a little bit more because we're actually playing against him. Uh, yeah, he always tends to be scorched the Wolves from, from downtown. 
Jason Kidd and Jason Terry, the Jasons, were uh, taking away the passing lane for the Wolves, especially in a very frustrating stretch in that uh, fourth quarter. It got it got a little scary for a while. Luckily, the Wolves did pull away later. We'll get to that in a sec. Ramon Sessions, and I've been hard on him. I've been hard on him on, the, on several shows. I'm not as hard on him as Sebastian Telfair. And, uh, yeah, he had no turnovers in this game and was a nice piece to the Wolves in this game. No turnovers for Ramon Sessions. None. Very happy with that. Only one turnover for Johnny Flynn. I mean, the Wolves' backcourt had... <laughs> At least of, of those three guys, two turnovers total out of three guys. Wayne Ellington, unfortunately, had three, and uh, he struggled a little bit, but he hit the biggest shot of the night, you could argue. He was perfect from the floor. Both of them were three-pointers, and he made both of his free throws. Good stuff from Wayne Ellington in this game. But also, yeah, I might want to mention Dirk Nowitzki. Late late to the game, actually. Late to the shoot-around. So he had to come off the bench, and uh, still was Dirk Nowitzki pretty much. Only 6 of 15 from the floor, though, but he still had 21 points and 8 rebound for assist game. Pretty much the Dirk Nowitzki about you'd expect anyway. Still played 37 minutes in the game, so it's not like it's not like he rotted on the bench. Josh Howard, he's just not the same guy anymore. He just isn't for whatever reason. He has really, really dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, he's still a starter. His minutes are way down. Sean Marion, that might have something to do with it. Marion also, he's not the same guy either. I'm just, I'm not very impressed with Sean Marion and the Dallas Mavericks. I don't think it's a good marriage, uh, just like it wasn't with Antoine Walker. They're kind of similar, really. Marion's a more athletic version of Antoine Walker, as far as I'm concerned. Just kind of, kind of similar. But yeah, let's just say I got a little frustrated in that fourth quarter, though, when the Wolves suddenly, they went from a red-hot team that couldn't miss and was just executing plays so well to a team that all of a sudden could not hit a shot. They continued to fail every single time they went down the floor. It went from four trips in a row, very bad, and it's just like the Mavericks kept scoring, and it's like, okay, this is getting really scary. This this can't happen in Dallas. It just can't. This kind of nonsense cannot happen in Dallas because I, we saw that insane comeback a year ago, and it was so frustrating. It just made me sick because I hate the Mavericks. I just hate them. I don't, I don't know. It's because of the... I don't know if it's their cocky, their cockiness, how they constantly got to shoot threes to kind of, I don't know. It just, they, they just bug me. It went from, uh, but yeah, as mentioned, it went from four trips, failed trips in a row to five. Five trips in a row. Three shot clock violations out of four trips down the floor, by the way. And then it was six. It went to six failed trips down the floor. Brewer was stripped. Hollins followed out because Hollins followed the guy that stole the ball. I believe it was Jason Terry. It was one of the Jasons, but yeah, it was Terry. And it's like, here we go again. And now they're miracle comeback for the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, my God. But who saved the Wolves earlier in this uh, in this winning streak against the LA Clippers when the winning streak started? Oh, it's been Clippers, Yankees. No, Clippers. <laughs> Clippers, Knicks, Mavericks, and then eventually the Memphis Grizzlies. Who was the guy that put the dagger in? He's the guy who's been the most valuable player for the Wolves the last three weeks or so. And a guy who's gone from a, from someone who cannot shoot at all. And not only can he shoot, but he can hit big shots when it, when they matter. Corey Brewer. Cold-blooded three, and all of a sudden the Wolves have the lead back, finally. Uh, and all, uh, the Mavericks went up 106 to 104 just to scare the crap out of us. That's when all of the, uh, yeah, that big comeback. It's like, oh, God, we lost. This game's over. 
especially when they tied it up, I figured this game was over. Corey Brewer, baby, nails the three. And guess what, folks? The Wolves would not let go. They would not let go. Unbelievable. As all of a sudden the Wolves were scoring and the Mavericks weren't. Mavericks were taking those three-point shots. They were living by the three-point shot and missing. And, uh, yeah, it's like I said. You can't, I don't think you can win a championship launching threes all day. I don't care how good your record is. I don't care how glitzy your player, your, your, your roster is, how expensive your roster is. You can't win a championship just shooting threes all day. You can't do it. Yet the Wolves did win this game because of a couple three point shots. <laughs> One of them was an attempted three as Dirk Nowitzki fouls Corey Brewer beyond the arc. Unbelievable. And how about this? Tory Brewer making all three of them. So it was literally, there you go, a three-point play for the Wolves. Unbelievable. The Wolves take a four-point lead at that point. Maverick fans weren't even, they, they weren't booing the call on Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki wasn't complaining. He knew what happened. But, yeah, the Wolves get a big stop. Again, Maverick's trying to just get fancy with that three-point shot or just lazy, really, cherry-picking as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, very much so. A lot like a high school team I once knew. There's a little shot I had to get in there. But uh, next thing you know, Wayne Ellington drains a three, just like nothing. Boom, perfect shot. The Wolves take a 115-108 to lead, and you can, I can't believe it. There it is. The Wolves won their first road game in 2010, and it's in Dallas. The third seed in the Western Conference. The Timberwolves defeat the Dallas friggin' Mavericks. Very, very impressive. Got to love. Got to love it. Very, 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 very exciting. Uh, and there you go, 117 to 108. Mavericks never scored again after that shot by Ellington and Corey Brewer and all that. Just beautiful. And it also ended a 13-game losing streak for the uh, Timberwolves in Dallas. Now the, now, the, now the Minnesota Wild need to end a 13-game losing streak in Dallas also. <laughs> the Minnesota Wild against the Stars. Yeah, Minnesota teams just seem can, cannot win in Dallas. Vikings hopefully could win into Dallas too later, but yeah, it was uh that was a like that was a nice game for the Wolves. It really was. So now we're gonna move on in a second here. A few quotes, a few quick quotes in this game. Johnny Flynn's comment is: "I just think we've matured as a team. We are just starting to find ourselves." Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And uh, yep, Dirk Nowitzki was almost thirty minutes late. His comment: "I was almost thirty minutes late. That was a distraction, and it's my fault." Rick Carlisle chimes in, we need to dig down and find some pride. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah, that's a very upset Rick Carlisle right there. It's pretty telling. Flynn's final comment here. It is a good win against a playoff caliber team. We held them off during that great run and came away with the win. And yes, that's when you know your team is maturing. Because last year's team, no, they were not going to hold off the Dallas Mavericks. Because regardless... If guys like Beer Bowes and Jet Terry were, yeah, you know, they were doing an NBA jam, regardless of that was happening, Timberwolves pulled away. And th there you go. That's saying, screw you guys. You guys aren't going to win tonight. We're the better team tonight, at least. And they were. The Timberwolves beat the Mavericks. Terrific. So now we head back to the Target Center. A very quick trip back home, all the way from Dallas, Texas, to home to play the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Wolves win again. Unbelievable. Memphis Grizzlies kicked the Wolves' butt all year. 0 for 3 against the Grizzlies this year were the Wolves. Not tonight. A 109 victory. 
though it looked like it was going to go that way. <laughs> Memphis taking a 10-point 10, 10 lead uh, uh, through the first quarter, 27-17. to 17. Not looking good. The Wolves still trailing into the half. Still trailing by six. It was a little bit frustrating. Rudy Gay was pretty much hitting everything. And hmm, Rudy Gay just might be auditioning for his new team. Yeah. Don't tell anybody I said that, though. Shh. Don't tell anybody. That's a secret. Okay, no. <laughs> a lot of people have a... A lot of people think that could be a distinct possibility that Rudy Gay... Mm-hmm, Rudy Gay might be the number one target for the Wolves because he, the, some of the other ones, the really glitzy ones... Mm, I don't know. And, you know, Rudy Gay would look pretty nice with uh, on this team at the small forward position. That also could mean Ryan Gomes might be gone at some point. Yeah, we'll get to that. So we're not, better get on with this. It was a pretty fun game. And Corey Brewer hitting a yet another three. He was only one for five from the floor overall. But he hit another three because that's what he does. He hits three-pointers. Ryan Gomes, though, was the really hot man of the night. Ten of 14 from the floor. Five of seven from three-point range. Just absolutely led the Wolves charge when they started to play better. They quietly got better and better and better second through fourth quarters. They played three quarters in this game, and luckily they were the final three. <laughs> and Ryan Gomes was a huge part of it. Al Jefferson looked awesome, folks. He looked cool. He really did. He got four blocks in this game. He was so clutch down the stretch, including hitting a shot that was fairly far away, actually. <laughs> One of his uh, one of his little baby hooks was a little far away. He flung it up, and it still went in. I mean, the guy was hitting everything down the stretch. Looked a lot like Tim Duncan when you need when you and you gave the ball to Tim Duncan and got out of his way per se, because Duncan is one of those gamers late in the game. Gamers late in the game. That sounded real good, but uh, Jefferson looked good. I mean, he looked so good in this game. And David Kahn sounded awfully thrilled when he talked to Paul Allen, PA Paul Allen of KFAN yesterday on that show. In the 9 to noon show. <laughs> Seven, 11 to 17 from the floor overall for Al Jefferson. Four blocked shots. He was actually pretty good on defense in this game, believe it or not. Ryan Hollins making a start yet again. And the Wolves are undefeated with Ryan Hollins. Well, in this stretch, in this stretch. They, Ryan Hollins started earlier in the year and he didn't look as good. But, uh, yeah, they've been undefeated in this little stretch here. Four-game stretch. Ryan Hollins, 4-0 Minnesota. And, uh... Johnny Flynn played sparingly in this game, that he, in a, but in only 20 minutes, he did manage to get five assists, and that's encouraging. He even got a steal. Uh, Ramon Sessions. Ramon Sessions was huge down the stretch. So there you go again. He played 28 minutes, 19.6 assists, and was 8 of 12 from the floor. Ramon Sessions. A very, very good game for the Wolves on this particular day. And I think either point guard could have done well just because it was. It, they seemed to both be on their game. But when Kurt Rambis gets comfortable with Ramon Sessions, he leaves him in there. And that's been a trend most of the year. Ramon Sessions has had extended minutes late in games when, when he's on one of these stretches. And uh, he was pretty tenacious. He really was. Driving to the hoop, he made a really nice drive which was one of those statements to the Memphis Grizzlies when the game was pretty close. He just blew right through them and got it in there. Went hard to the hole, per se. And uh, he had a very good game. It was a very impressive game for Ramon Sessions. And this was the guy, this was the guy we thought we were getting from the Milwaukee Bucks in the first place. A guy who can slash and still get assists. He's not going to shoot from the outside for much. And, uh, well, he was an 80% free throw shooter last year. He missed two more on this day. But overall... 
he was, shoot, he was one of the three stars of the game. Or even four, really, because Corey Brewer was all over the place. He might have... He might have been a little bit trigger-happy from three-point range in this day for a guy that wasn't really hit, hitting and sticking, you could say, but more more big defensive plays, forced turnovers, assists, rebounding. I mean, the guy is just all over the place. Man, it's it's just this lineup is looking a lot better every day. This this young Timberwolves lineup, is uh, they've been fun to watch. They really are fun to watch, and that has been the common trend from a lot of people all over the place, that this team is so much more fun to watch than it was last year. And that's exactly what I said in my article earlier this season on TimberwolvesPress.com. Some people thought that might have been Timberwolves propaganda. Well, it sure the heck wasn't meant that way. It's because I'm sick and tired of the malaise. Get out and watch this team. They're fun to watch. Why is what, I mean, there, there's been a malaise around this team ever since the Timberwolves traded Kevin Garnett. And, uh... Things got sour with Garnett here. They they just did. And they got stale. And yes, the Wolves were really hard to watch last year when Al Jefferson went out. But he is back, and he's back with a vengeance right now, especially. But you got a more enter- much more entertaining product to watch. Corey Brewer is way, way better than he's been so far. And, of course, he's healthy, unlike last year. And Johnny Flynn is just, he's so fun to watch. He's so fun to watch, and, and even... Ramon Sessions, I gotta say, he's better than Sebastian Telfair. No outside shot, but he's better than Telfair in general. Yeah, better overall player. Very fun game for the Wolves, and uh, a very convincing victory. A few quotes here. Al Jefferson, I felt like the old Al. Al Jefferson had made each of his eight shots in the fourth quarter. He made all of them. He made all of them. He said that was a good feeling. I even got winded, but that energy was coming out of coming out of somewhere for me. Yeah, that 16-footer, he even made that 16-footer. Uh, Rambis commenting on that, or excuse me, Jefferson commenting on that. I thought he was about to cuss me out. Yeah, Rambis. <laughs> he thought Rambis was going to cuss him out. And <laughs> Gotta love that. Flynn jumping in. I wasn't looking for applause. I was just looking for who was our best chance to win, and that was, uh, in general, you know, that was about leaving Ramon Sessions in there for a Extended period of time. Just a very nice job by the Timberwolves. The Wolves have lost, the Wolves did lose their first three against the Grizzlies this season, but are 40 and 18 all time against them. So good record for the Wolves overall, and the 70 loss plateau is over, and the game review is over. Just a nice win for the Wolves, and now they play the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Hope that's winning streak can stretch to five, and uh, the Wolves, I think they could beat the Sixers. Unfortunately, it's in Philly, so we'll just have to find out. When the time comes, going to take a quick break and we're going to get into a little bit of the college stuff and and, uh, more of that David Kahn trade talk and uh, point guard talk right after this. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 49, which is a reminder for all MP3 player users, including iPods and all that good stuff. All right. We continue. We continue. We digress, whatever you want to call it. Well, I'm going to open up with a little bit of draft talk, and we'll finish up with a little bit of David Kahn. I'm not going to go too crazy with either one, but we're going to get into it. Well, right now, the Minnesota Timberwolves, of course, would be taking, would be, excuse me, if all kind of all the balls bounced as is right now, as the records stand right now, the Timberwolves would have the second pick overall. And according to an early mock draft, NBA Draft.net, they have the Minnesota Timberwolves taking 
And yes, a no-brainer, Evan Turner. Evan Turner, which, of course, at the same time would make things awfully interesting, yet again, if the Wolves did take Evan Turner. Yeah, ultimately, if he did that, i got to think you would move Corey Brewer to the small forward position. And you got to look to, at some point, trade somebody. Maybe you just let Damian walk and keep Gomes, or you trade Gomes, you trade Damian now and see if you can get something in return for him. Maybe a flyer on somebody that might be slightly intriguing. Or another draft pick of some kind, a second-round pick or something for Damian. Who knows? So just throw that out there. But, uh, yeah, Evan Turner... If the Wolves won up with Evan Turner, i got to tell you, folks, I wouldn't be complaining. I really wouldn't. Because that's what I'm really going to focus on in the draft right now, early on. Because we're not going to get too heavy, hard and heavy into, like, the whole thing. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I want to focus on Evan Turner. Right now he's the closest to home, you can say, because he's actually in the Big Ten, Ohio State. The guy is, he, he's kind of like a not-as-muscular Ev- uh, Evan Turner. Yeah. Yeah, he's Evan Turner. He is Evan Turner. <laughs> he's not He's a not as muscular version of Tyreek Evans. He's a nice, nice player, and he and he, and he does it all. He, he's playing out of position. He's a 6'6". Six six, uh, they call him a guard forward in uh, college. He's 6'6", six 6'7". Six, six he might even be able to play small forward, potentially. But I got to, I don't know. It would just be interesting. I guess they'd have to make a decision on Brewer and Turner, whichever one may be. Brewer's taller, I mean, that might, to me, might make more sense putting him at small forward. Uh, it doesn't always make sense just because of height, but uh, the fact that Evan Turner has been playing out of position this year as a point guard for the Ohio State Buckeyes makes him even more of a Tyreek Evans type, where he's kind of like a guard, he's kind of like a one through three, which you could say Tyreek is. Uh, the guy is just, he's tearing it up. He's averaging a nine and a half rebounds, 20 points, six assists, in Ohio State, and he looked so good against the Gophers, it was embarrassing for the Gophers because they got manhandled by Ohio State. One of their most lopsided losses of the year. By the way, the Gophers do not look like a tournament team, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Evan Turner is a junior. He is big-time progressed, but even in his sophomore year, he looked awfully good last year, still averaging over 17 points and four assists a game. Uh, the guy is a legitimate rebounder. It's an absolutely legitimate rebounder. His field goal percentage has been over 50 the last two years, and his overall field goal percentage in college has been right at 50%. He can hit from the outside a little bit, but he doesn't really take the shot that much. He's more of an overall slasher, and he kind of, I'm not not sold on him from the free throw line, but at least he gets there. <laughs> at least he gets there. He averages about five attempts a game in his college career, but unfortunately field goal or his free throw percentage is about 74, so... That's one thing, that's maybe one thing I might be a little bit concerned with coming in, but the guy is another tenacious defender. He averages almost a block a game, and he's just a guard forward type of player. You don't usually get too many blocks from those kind of guys, though he's no Josh Smith either. <laughs> Josh Smith was a hell of a blocker for somebody who isn't exactly six foot ten. But the guy, the guy's known for you know getting the steals. He does turn the ball over a little bit, but again, youth is youth. That's something I got to think is going to polish up as he gets better and better in the NBA when he gets to the NBA. Uh, I like Evan Turner a lot. I mean, I like him an awful lot. I'm not going to endorse him as my overall favorite guy, but uh, of course, if we have the number two pick, I mean, I'm going to put, I'm going to be punching Turner all day. I'm going to be punching the tickets for Turner all day. Tickets for Turner. It's a cute little slogan, I guess. Uh, John Wall would be a lot of fun. 
Sure he would. Sure he would. <laughs> but it would also make things a little bit weird, a little bit interesting and a little weird. Uh, Johnny Flynn's career would get really, really uh, in question at that point, career with the Wolves anyway, and Ricky Rubio, yeah, it'd get a little weird. And there's a little talker about that in the uh, Star Tribune. I'm going to get to that real quickly. As Con, as the article reads, Con crafted, craftily had me state the point guard, the point guards in question. <laughs> Since you can't talk about players who are not officially draft eligible, for the record, rookie starter Johnny Flynn, capable backup Ramon Sessions, drafted but overseas Ricky Rubio and Wall, who could be a once in every five years kind of guy. So how about it? And then Con's question is, no, I'm asking you now. He's good, very good, and he kept going, as Khan asked, what what would I do? Why would it be a bad thing to have all those point guards as assets? If that's one, one, what would I do? Two, why would it be a bad thing to have all three point guards? I don't know if you'd really want to do that. <laughs> three, is there possible scenarios which the Wolves could go wrong? Now who's asking the questions? <laughs> If it were an audition for another sports writer turned basketball boss job, it could have gone better or worse. The gist of my response is during a minute of back and forth. Taking Wall is a no-brainer, but I honestly don't know what I would do with four point guards. Four, yeah, that'd be insane. Still, it would be a nice problem to have, unless, of course, I kept the wrong guys or made the wrong trades. There are too many moving parts to know for sure which is probably the answer Khan was burying inside his series of questions. Um, yeah, Khan basically is just kind of putting it right back at the sports writer at this point in time. Like, what would you do? <laughs> He's just kind of playing mind games at this point, partially because it's too early to even talk about it at this point. Yet at the same time, what do you do? What really do you do if John Wall, if you do get the number one pick? Obviously, you have to take him. And I got to think you have to keep him, John Wall. So that's my comment about him. Uh, you have to keep him. And um, then the question is, is Johnny Flynn, you're, you're going to stay there? Does he go? Do you trade him? I got to think you got to trade Rubio for sure. Yeah, you don't make an overall push to trade him. You uh, try to see what the market is for him for a little bit. And then field the best offer, I guess. Try to get what you can Hope to God you can get some type of center, possibly possibly draft picks. I'm sure you try to get draft picks in return. Again, more draft picks, I know. But it can't hurt if you get a nice power if you get a nice legitimate center possibly in return. Or a small forward, depending on what the Wolves needs are. As uh kinda like the Atlanta Hawks a few years ago, the the, the holes are starting to fill up a little bit. It's a matter of who do you want to keep and who don't you want to keep. Now we have a abundance of point guards. Last year, the Wolves had Randy Foy and Sebastian Telfair. Hardly an attractive duo. Good riddance to them, you know? Now it's a little bit too many. Um, man. <laughs> oh, man. Gosh, I swear, if it were me, call me crazy, but you know what I would personally do, folks? Timberwolves is your Wolves explosion host. John Wall and Johnny Flynn. Keep the Johns in trade sessions and Rubio. Trade Sessions and Rubio. Yep, and then, of course, sign some really low-end third-string guy. 
some nice little veteran, a, th- a third string point guard. Because obviously you're not going to make Ramon Sessions a third stringer. You're just not. That's he's better than that. Come on, I could bitch about Ramon Sessions all I want, but he's not a third stringer. Um, and Rubio, well, he's an asset. He's been an asset since he got here. If you get pieces at other positions, you try your butt to keep Rubio. And of course, right now that's what David Kahn's focusing on, because on the current roster, yeah, you still you still try to get Rubio and see where to go after that. You just do. Because Johnny Flynn is hitting from the outside, which is a good sign. It'd make things awfully interesting to have a nice little a smaller backcourt, which could be a pretty dynamic Rubio-Flynn deal. Uh, still very hard to say, though. <laughs> very hard to say with that. Um, but as mentioned, I really do like Evan Turner an awful lot. So now I'm going to close with David Kahn on Paul Allen yesterday. That's pretty much what he said about Ricky Rubio. Paul Allen, for some strange reason, asked David Kahn if there's a chance Ricky Rubio could be on the Wolves next year. Well, no, there is no chance Ricky Rubio could be on the Wolves next year. David Kahn responded with the same answer. The bio, he's not buyout eligible for two years, so it's over. Next year is over for Ricky Rubio already, unfortunately. The buyout is not eligible for two more years. Luckily, the buyout is a lot smaller than, than about $5.5 million or $6 million or whatever. I forget exactly the amount. Um... But that's where things are going to stand with Ricky Rubio. we got to wait another year and a half for him, unfortunately. That's just how it goes. If if he ever plays, but that's when you could possibly trade his rights. Or you still could trade his rights now. But if things might heat up in between now and then if Rubio's value really shoots up over there in Europe. And that's all you hear about right now is that Ricky Rubio's value is shooting up over there in Europe. Very, very good sign indeed. Especially for a guy that... A guy that, you know, plays in a league where you don't always get all them all that many minutes. You just don't. That's kind of how Europe is, for whatever reason. So, that's the Bricky Rubio and all that deal. Also, uh, yeah, David Kahn couldn't stop talking well about Al Jefferson and how well he finished that Dallas, that, not the Dallas game. He, yeah, he did good in that one, too, but the Memphis game, he was just unbelievable. Looking like an absolute all-star. Of course, Wolves. Do not have an all-star this weekend. I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to really get into it unless something crazy happens. Uh, I'm not going to really get into it on this show because it's not really Wolves-related. might talk a little bit about the Flynn and uh, Kevin Love. Rookie sophomore game, rookie squashmore, whatever you want to call them. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Folks, I'm going to make a quick prediction on that. That uh, I think the rookies are going to win. I think the rookie class is better than the sophomore class. Tyreek Evans is, looks like he might be better than O.J. Mayo already. And uh, <laughs> it's just, it looks pretty good. Johnny Flynn is really dynamic. Um, it's a nice class. It really is. Now, of course, the guys at the top, though it seems like every year the guys at the top are either hurt or not really panned out yet. <laughs> James Harden isn't even a starter yet on the Thunder. Tabit is not really that good yet. Hasn't really developed yet. And, of course, Blake Griffin's out for the year. Uh, if Blake Griffin was healthy, guarantee the rookies win, but I'm going to go on a limb and say the rookies win. I just I have a good feeling about them right now. I have a good feeling. And I think Flynn and the boys, like Jennings and all of them, I just think that's a better class than last year. It, to me, it just is. It just is. So we'll keep going here. Final thoughts, though. David Kahn, again, sticking with the modest approach when it comes to a possible trade before the deadline. That's why I keep talking about Damian Wilkins or Ryan Gomes as there has been talk about Ryan Gomes possibly returning to the Boston Celtics. 
The question then is, is it for Brian Scalabrine? Is it for a draft pick in 2011 or 2011, whatever you want to call it? 2011 sounds better. Uh, is it for Tony Allen? Uh, I don't want Tony Allen. Don't even waste. I, I, I don't want him. I don't, I'd rather keep Gomes than Tony Allen. Uh, I'm sure the Celtics desperately could use a Ryan Gomes right now, a nice little stabilizer, a guy who isn't old and he isn't ultra young either. Just a guy who would really be a nice stabilizer. The Celtics, to me, are falling apart, folks. There are cracks. They're coming through. They are falling through the cracks right now. Those Boston Celtics, they need to oil that rusty engine over there. It's not looking good. They're getting old really, really fast. And they really, really looked awful against the Orlando Magic in the second half last Sunday. Just awful. So, yeah, don't be surprised if the Celtics try to go gung-ho for Ryan Gomes, and that has been the talk. Maybe not gung-ho, but at least try to acquire him. Um, to me, that's the guy the Wolves could trade, and you get a decent value in return. It'd be a quote-unquote modest trade, as David Kahn yep, insists. There will be no trade of core players. He says Al Jefferson will be on this roster the rest of the year. And I believe him. So for so at this point in time, David Kahn isn't saying this. Patience sucks. It really does. He's being a little more patient. And right now the patience is paying off a little bit. Because Al Jefferson has really, really been playing some good basketball. And that Memphis game was really, really an uh, awesome game. So I'm going to conclude the show now. I thank each and every one of you for listening always. And I'd like you to please call into the phone lines. We'd like to hear from you. 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877 is the phone line. It's a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Call and um, just leave your name in town and opine. You know who says that, but I use it as well because it's fast. <laughs> uh, also, call uh, the message boards. Well, yeah, please refill the message boards. Those of you that were signed up and those of you that haven't signed up yet, please get on there and sign up as soon as possible. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, Button on the upper right-hand corner, very simple. Then click Register, which is now underneath the uh, little login area after you click the TSS button. Just click Register, and you can get on board and be a part of things. Don't just watch sports, get involved. Appreciate it very much. So now we'll get to the Wolves game tonight. We'll talk about that next week. We will be right back here next Tuesday. Do take care, everybody, and let's hope the Wolves continue their winning ways. 